Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode eight, Whatever Happened to Podcast. This is Tom Cashman. And today's a very special podcast episode. Um, today marks the 25th anniversary that uh, my father passed away, um, November 8th, 1993. And I thought today would be a good episode to talk about, you know, uh, obviously talk about my dad a little bit and kind of how life has changed um, you know, over the past 25 years and, um, you know, really kind of like, you know, share a couple stories that, um, that, uh, you know, I miss about them and, um, you know, not a day goes by. I don't think about him. Uh, I appreciate everything he's done. Um, obviously besides giving me life, uh, but also giving me a big, huge family in which to celebrate and share and, and, uh, you know, certainly in, in, in other times kind of like come together when we need each other. And, um, that's the, you know, that's what he gave to me. So, um, this episode's for my dad. So the song you heard in the intro, uh, it was called Big Jim Cash. Uh, my brother Rich wrote that song for my dad uh, a while back. And, um, you know, it really, you know, if you listen to the to the words of the song, um, and I'll play it at the end of this episode, it'll be the last, uh, you know, three minutes or so. But uh, it really does tell uh, the, the an accurate story of who my dad was. Um you know, when I was a kid, um, I mean, I lost them when I was 18. So I was a kid, uh, even then, but even growing up, I think he was larger than life. Uh, he was a big guy, um, you know, both, uh, height and width. He was a big dude and, uh, had a very commanding voice and a very commanding presence about him. Um, he, so much so that I have used some of his technique on my own kids. Um, and, uh, but I think I was, uh, I think I'm a little more lenient than he was. Um, you know, there were different times, uh, certainly. And uh, I think uh, in my last episode, you talked, I talked about, um, you know, my father being a baker. Uh, he worked at Tasty Cake, um, uh, Bond Bread, Fleischmann's, um, you know, all these places. And uh, even his second jobs were uh, in bakeries. And so I think about, you know, you know, if I'm having a bad day uh, in my office, my air-conditioned office, uh, sitting down, working my computer job, can't even compare to, I guess, the tough days that he had on his feet all day. Um, and then, you know, to come home to the uh, the the bedlam that was, that was our house um, and everybody, um, you know, being loud and, and rambunctious and stuff like that. But you know, I never heard him ever complain about anything, um, except maybe for the twins every once in a while, my older brothers. Um, but uh, other than that, like, seriously, I mean, if anybody had a right to complain about stuff, uh, it would be him uh, or my mother. 
uh, because my mom was home with everybody all day, getting them out to school, um, you know, and then, you know, feeding all those people for so long. Growing up, there was 15 people in my house at all times. Um, and that's what it was like, you know, for the first eight years of my life. And um, it's it's all I knew. And, you know, so there were certain rules that uh, applied when my dad was home and certainly when he was sleeping as a drummer, up and coming drummer, this didn't always work out for me, um, but I respected it. And, um, you know, there's certain things that you think back on and, um, you know, maybe, you know, we had an issue with, you know, maybe not having certain things and, um, you know, not getting the, uh, the full, uh, brand, um, brand name of, of cookies and ice cream and cereal and stuff like that. No, man, it was, you know, sometimes bag cereal, sometimes, um, you know, the Hydrox cookies versus the Oreos and it was the Acme brand, uh, cherry drink instead of, you know, Kool-Aid. But, you know, I think living that way really helped me appreciate, um, you know, kind of what I had, but also helped me to, um, you know, learn how to be content with just having enough, you know, whatever you need to, uh, you know, to, to live on and, um, you know, not, not, not necessarily want too much, um, you know, really being content with, with what you have. And, um, you know, for the most part, it's, um, you know, I think we're all like that. Um, you know, my whole family is, um, you know, nobody, nobody's a hot shot. Nobody is a, you know, above anybody else. Um, nobody is, um, you know, again, like better than anyone else. It's just, you know, that's the environment that my parents fostered. Um, it was, it was very close knit. Um, and, you know, I will tell you, you know, I first realized that when, you know, after my dad died, um, how much closer I think we got because of that. Um, and, and it's kind of like, you know, when you have, uh, like a piece of steel and you run it through the fire and, you know, even though it's going through these, in these hot flames, um, that's how it gets stronger. Um, it has to experience that. Um, and then even when it comes out, it gets pounded and pounded and it gets sharper. Um, so, and, and, you know, you can't go back into the fire for that. You can't undo that. So, you know, if anything, you know, it, you know, my, my dad passing was, um, it was a strengthener, uh, I think for our family. And it was really the first time for me anyway, that, um, I kind of, you know, I really needed everyone. Um, I am fortunate. Um, I, I will tell you that every single day, um, w without my dad, um, I still had eight older brothers. I still had uncles. I still had neighbors. Um, I still had, um, Louie from Fanny's. I mean, you know, uh, the guys like Mike Sapone, guys like Mike Gallagher, uh, Bill Costello, like these are the dads that I've had my whole life. And, um, you know, so while, while it sucked and what, you know, while I was sad and, 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 and all the things that go with it, um, I was still content because that's what I learned how to become. And, you know, I knew that, um, you know, Hey, I'm 18. Um, you know, it's time to start thinking about my future a little bit harder. Um, so if, if anything, it kind of gave me that. So I wanted to share a couple of stories of, of my dad that I remember, 
Um, there were certainly a lot of them, but, uh, you know, two in particular that, uh, come to mind. Um, I think the first one, I don't know if I was about, uh, maybe 10 or 11 years old, maybe 12. I don't know what it was, but, uh, so there was, there was always, um, you know, some kind of birthday party obviously going on in my family. And, um, you know, my dad would, uh, you know, if it was a Sunday, especially, um, uh, he would, he would definitely be there. Um, sometimes on a Saturday afternoon, uh, if he wasn't working. So, um, you know, he, he, he drank some beer. Um, you know, he, he, uh, you know, he would drink like all day, but not like, um, not like today's all day, not like your millennial Sunday fun day, but like certainly, you know, hey, you like to drink some beers and, uh, you know, have a good time. And, and especially if, if he wasn't working, he deserved that. Um, but the one time, so he drove me and my friend home and uh, it was a short ride. It was from like, um, you know, I, w- I want to say it was like from Rockledge to to our house, which was, you know, maybe if it was, you know, if it was 20 minutes, I'd be surprised. But, uh, you know, and I don't know if it was, uh, you know, the the necessarily the beer or... Um, something else, but he was kind of, uh, you know, I'll say swerving a little bit and, uh, you know, taking those corners a little weird. And I was in the back seat with, uh, with my friend and we were like, you know, holding on to whatever we could hold on to. And, um, of course we weren't wearing seatbelts, but, uh, you know, that's a different story. Um, so we were kind of talking about that and I happened to, uh, I, I made the ultimate mistake. Um, I, said something to my mom. And, uh, so she obviously got really concerned and she must've told him. And the next day I got this look, um, like it, the closest thing I've ever seen to it would be, um, if you remember Polly from Goodfellas, just that look, that stare. And he kind of just like stared at me and didn't say a word. And I was kind of like, uh, I know I'm in trouble. I don't know what I'm in trouble for. Um, and then finally he said, you know, what did you tell mom about my driving? And I was like, oh no, I'm in trouble. And I said, well, you know, you're, you're kind of maybe swerving a little bit. And so I, I may have mentioned something like that. Um, but the whole time that I was saying that he was just like staring at me and like, just bore a hole, like, you know, through my face. That's how the the deep stare that I got. And I was just like mortified. And I knew that I broke probably, uh, you know, a major rule. Um, you know, I was a kid, I didn't know about, uh, you know, certain guy codes and things like that. Um, but, uh, I don't know, it was a lesson learned, I guess. So, um, you know, that was, that was, that was pretty funny that day. Um, I still think about that, uh, all the time, especially, you know, the hundred times a year I see good fellas. Every time I see that, that part where, you know, Paulie kind of comes out of the pizza shop and he just kind of like stares at people I'm like, yeah, that reminds me of my dad. So, um, that was funny. The other story was, um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like the same kind of guy code thing except he did it for me. And, uh, just, just to make the first one even worse. Um, so every once in a while, uh, he would come and drive on, uh, main Avenue, rising sun Avenue, but coming from, uh, from like the Alany area. So, um, he would, uh, there's a place he would pick up some, uh, pies or something. 
So every once in a while, if I had uh, detention at Cardinal Doherty, I was waiting on the corner of Rising Sun and Adams waiting for the 18 bus. And, you know, I'm there with all my friends. We're joking and smoking. We're having a good time. We're, we're just like, you know, goofballs. And uh, I just lit up a cigarette and um, I see him pull up and uh, and stop. And as soon as I recognize the car, I like, you know, with one hand, I like put my hand down, dropped the cigarette and like waved high as like smoke was coming out of my face. And like, you know, I was completely busted. And so, you know, he rolled down the window and said, you know, get in, you know, get in, I'll give you a ride home. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't know from the whole ride home. Now, the whole avenue, uh, if there's no lights, you'll get home in five minutes, but there's a light every hundred feet. So uh, it seemed like that ride home was about four hours long. Um, I don't think I exhaled. I was so afraid that he was going to smell the cigarettes that I don't think I exhaled. So by the time I got home, I was pretty blue. And, um, you know, I just remember leaving like, oh, man, uh, we're getting close to the house. He's going to say something. I'm going to get in so much trouble. And um, so about two hours later, um, you know, I, I, him and my mom were in the dining room and uh, he said to my mom, he's like, oh, I, I saw I saw uh, Tommy on the corner. Um, I, uh, you know, picked him up from school. And uh, she's like, well, what was what was he doing on the corner? And he said, oh, he was studying. Yeah, so I, I picked him up and, and uh, gave him a ride home so he wouldn't take the bus home. And, um, like, I didn't even get a wink. Like, I didn't even get, like, a, you know, like, I got your back kind of thing. It was almost like, yeah, I could have I could have totally ruined you, but I chose not to because that's what you do. You don't say a word. You keep your mouth shut. And so that kind of reinforced that first learning. So they, and we're talking, they were probably, like, five years apart. Um, so if if ever I learned that, uh, you know, you don't throw a family under the bus ever. It was, it was those two things. Um, and, and, and I still believe that, um, you know, we're, we're, uh, you know, for, I'm sure, you know, my family's watching or listening, uh, but for those that are not kind of, uh, in the, uh, Cashman family circle, um, you know, not a lot of back talking, not a lot of, you know, side gossiping, that kind of stuff. We kind of handle stuff. Um, you know, take care of it when we can. Um, you know, do we do it the right way? I don't know, but that's it, it's uh, generally everything is is very inclusive. Um, there's no real clicks in my family, which is great. Um, but anyway, those those are two main stories about my dad that, uh, that I think about a lot. Um, and and so here we are, 25 years later. Um, you know, just after he died, anyway. Um, you know, I think about those stories all the time, and like you know, I'm a dad now and, you know, what kind of dad do I want to be? Do I want to be like Big Jim and kind of be, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, all, you know, all authority all the time? Do I want to kind of be a little bit, sometimes he was, he was somewhat reserved and kind of let my mom handle things. Um, I don't know, you know, I, but besides, like I said before, you know, besides my dad, there's a lot of, uh, you know, dads that I have, have pulled information from, um, certainly my brothers and, um, you know, my, my, my brothers-in-law and, and, you know, even just in people that I, that I interact with, um, I don't think there's one way to do it. Um, you know, these kids are so dynamic that sometimes you need a couple different approaches. Um, you know, I certainly am not a, uh, new parent. 
Um, you know, I, if, if my kids act up in a public place, they're going to hear about it. Um, if I got to squeeze a hand or, or pull some hair, I'm going to do it. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm trying to teach my kids to be respectful, uh, respectful and, and kind and, and courteous and things like that. Um, I still want them to have fun though. So, you know, there's certain things I don't kind of get on them on. I give them a little bit of leeway here and there. Um, I, I think that's what I got. I mean, look, I, I had plenty of time growing up to, to play, play ball and, and, uh, do whatever, uh, any interest that I had, um, I, I was able to pursue it. Um, so long it was cheap and you know, w- what else, what else could I ask for? Um, so that's the kind of environment that I want to provide for my kids. And I just hope that, uh, you know, that it does it a little justice, but, um, yeah. Anyway, I mean, you know, look, I could talk, this could, this could be a, you know, a four hour episode. Uh, there's so many different things that I can say about my dad, but, um, you know what? I, I, I miss him every day. I, there's not a day go by. I don't talk, I don't talk to him about something. I'll, I'll, you know, uh, things just remind me, even, even I catch myself saying things or, um, you know, maybe sitting a certain way that kind of remind me of him. And, uh, you know, that's a good thing. So, um, my kids, they're a little young. They haven't really heard any stories yet. Um, I don't even think they know, um, you know, what happened. I, I, I'm not sure I'm ready to talk to them about that yet, but, uh, I'm sure that will come in due time. Um, but there's certainly a ton of stories. Um, you know, so even thinking about, um, you know, his father, daddy, Pat, the big man, uh, you know, who kind of like came to this country and, and started all this. Um, you know, it, it, uh, it's a miracle that we're all here, um, thinking about those times and, and can't imagine what life was like back then. But, um, you know, they, they, the Cashman guys always find a way to get it done. They're just, um, a resilient bunch. Um, and, uh, it's, it's definitely a, a family first mentality. Um, I, you know, and that's, so it was, you know, if my grandfather gave that to my dad, my dad gave it to us. And, uh, you know, it's now our jobs to, uh, to teach that to our kids, um, you know, really talking about, you know, keeping the family together, uh, being content with things that you have, um, you know, not thinking that you're better than anybody else. And, um, you know, you, you, you don't throw a family under the bus. You kind of deal with things head on. And, and I think that makes for a great family. So, um, I think my family's awesome. Just ask us. I truly believe that um, in a couple of days, uh, we're actually all getting together. I'm really excited about it. Um, all the Cashmans from all over the country are going to be getting together. And, uh, you know, we we're for a long overdue reunion. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of great stories. Um, you know, definitely, you know, about my dad, my uncle, my uncle Pat, my uncle Jack. Um, and, um, you know, they're, they're all gone now, but but I guarantee you they'll never be forgotten. And, uh, you know, it was fun reminiscing. So anyway, like I promised, um, this is a song my brother Rich wrote. Um, it's called Big Jim, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Episode 8, Whatever Happened to Big Jim Cash. Talk to you soon. Talking about my father, Big Jim was his name. It was more than stature. And in his comp 
taste 